You are in for such a treat today as we talk to Erica Wimmer, a former West Virginia public school teacher turned homeschool mom and micro school builder. In today's episode, you're going to hear the lovely passion behind Erica's mission and quest to create a higher value education. In this episode, you are going to be transformed. I'm telling you, when you hear her resilience to make this happen. She has not given up despite opposition. You're going to want to hear this because it's going to encourage you to not give up and to endure the trials and get excited for what is coming your way as a teacher and an educational entrepreneur. Erica does mention our educational marketing series, which is now being turned into the very first Shine On Teacher Mastermind, and that is coming out this summer. You're going to want to stay tuned, but you're going to hear about how she was supported and loved throughout the time of trying to start her micro school so quickly. And as an educational marketing series group, we were there just pouring into her and she was able to give so much incredible encouragement and gifts to our group through her knowledge and expertise. So be looking out for Shine On Teacher Mastermind. And in the meantime, get a hold of Erica Wimmer because this is an amazing episode. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Erica, welcome to the Teacher Let Your Light Shine podcast. We're so happy that you are here. I'm so looking forward to our conversation that I know will inspire so many other teachers. Without further ado, Tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and then I'm so anxious to get started digging into your story. All righty. I'm so glad to be here. Um, my name is Erica Wimmer. Um, I'm from Princeton, West Virginia, which is the very southernmost part of West Virginia. It's pretty rural. Um, uh, I've been teaching for about 14 years in the public schools in there, mostly little teeny tiny rural schools. Um, the, the one I stayed at longest was um, for about 10 years and it had less than 200 students. Um, but we have some big schools as well. We have some, um, I taught in a primary school that was about 900 students. Mm. Uh, so a lot bigger. And it only went from kindergarten to second grade. So, but, I, but my favorite are the little tiny um, rural schools. And uh, so that's where I stayed for about 10 years. That is so neat. I, I'm glad that you brought that up about 
teaching in a rural school because Mm -hmm. so many teachers that are thinking of building a micro school or becoming a teacher entrepreneur, they're thinking about starting a learning pod or a homeschooling business, even a tutoring business. If they're in a rural town, they feel somewhat Mm -hmm. a little nervous as if, do I have a big enough clientele? And Mm -hmm. I'm just so proud of you for stepping out. You and I had a one-on-one coaching session and you were Mm -hmm. so anxious and so excited about the opportunity. And I said, Erica, if you really want to do this, this was back in May, right? Or April. And I said, Erica. March, I think actually it was, it was okay. Yeah. We only had a small window though, because Erica was saying, I really want to start this. There's this educational savings account coming in West Virginia. And I said, if you want to do this, Erica, now is the time we've got to get started. I remember getting off of our meeting, telling my husband, he's like, it's go time for her. And so tell us your story about like how we're here right now and what you've been working on since March of 2022. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was like a whirlwind. That was just, it, it was go time and it was, um, it just all happened so, so fast. And, um, so I will start by telling you why it ever occurred to me (laughs) to do this. Um, so I, I know a lot of people, um, who are listening to this, probably not teachers. I know there are a lot of people who are, you know, in the education field, maybe not teachers or, um, but so I've taught for, like I said, 14 years. Um, I've been at the same school for 10 years. And, um, if you are a teacher, you know, that for some reason, for whatever reason, last year was the toughest year I have ever had. And I know that that is a thing, you know, right now, um, um, it's just kind of a, a universal, thing that the year after COVID, um, which we all thought the year of COVID, uh, 21, 22, I guess was, um, going to be really, really rough when we had, um, kids out all the time and we didn't know what was happening. And, and sometimes entire schools got shut down and it ended up being the next year. Um, when kids came back and we had, excuse me, we had, so many deficits. We had social deficits and educational deficits, you know, academic deficits. And we knew that that was going to happen. We knew that all over the country. We also had had kids um, in West Virginia. We had a virtual um, online, uh, they just called it virtual school. And it was um, nothing in person. It was nothing. There was not a live teacher. It was all online, even for babies, even for kindergartners. Um, it was not very, um, it was not very good academically. Um, I did teach that for first graders. And, um, so there was a lot of additions that had to be made to make it robust enough for the littler kids who were learning how to read. It was really rough. So a lot of people, um, were doing that. Some people pulled out homeschooled. So these kids hadn't been in school. You know, some of these kids have not been in school until they're in first grade and they came back to school. So they, they don't know what's going on. They were just basically feral. (laughs) And I was teaching first grade, second grade split. Um, And so it was really, really rough. It was, um, I just think we didn't plan far enough ahead for the things that we knew were coming, the, the academic deficits and the social deficits and the behavior 
problems that we hadn't had to deal with before. And it was just so rough. And um, so I actually thought about quitting in the middle of the year. It was just, it was that rough. And I had never thought about quitting period. Um, wow. What a change. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a big change, but it was so, I mean, I was, I was physically, um, so stressed out that my hair was falling out. <laughs> I had an eye twitch for about three months that would not go away. I mean, it was, it was showing up physically, mm-hmm. um, in my health and my anxiety was just through the roof. And, um, so it was actually a person who is, um, a, a friend of mine who used to be a teacher and recently left, um, public education. And she kind of said, you know, uh, I know I'm probably not supposed to tell you this because she's pretty high up in the teachers union. (laughs) And she said, but you know, um, you can open a micro school in West Virginia and you can get it funded because they passed um, the educational savings account act and or bill. And um, so they can get $4,300 if they, um, if they apply and they're approved and um, you can open up a micro school and you don't have to follow all the same rules as a regular public school. And so um, immediately I was intrigued and looked it up and uh, it just kind of, that's all it took really. The the year was that bad that um, that's all it took for me to immediately start investigating. I didn't know what a micro school was. I've never heard of that. Um, None of my teacher friends had mentioned, the union hadn't mentioned this going through the legislature. So we knew nothing about it. Um, but you know, that's all it took. And I was, I was researching and investigating and I think that's how I came upon your Facebook group. I believe that's what I found first. Um, I was looking things up and, and somehow I got to your Facebook group and I thought, you know, I'll join this and I still have no obligation to do anything or to quit or anything. And I joined it. And honestly, I really thought that I was going to hear a bunch of terrible things like, you know, that's basically also opening up your own business, um, not just a school. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'm probably going to hear a bunch of terrible things and how difficult it is and how it's not everything you think it's going to be if you quit your public school teaching job and open up a school. And it was the opposite, (laughs) you know, for sharing that. I love (laughs) knowing that, that, preconceived notion because Mm -hmm. subconsciously you probably were thinking what all does Mm -hmm. this entail? And this is the business and truth be told, unfortunately in the profession of education and teaching, there is a lot of negativity. And if you ever decide to leave what's Mm -hmm. quote unquote normal or safe, then you're feeling as if there could be some scrutiny there or mm-hmm. just thinking that it's scary and subconsciously mm-hmm. it, it, it does impact your decision-making process. So thank you for sharing that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's many people who could have come into the Facebook group and thought the same thing. And mm-hmm. so when you got into the Facebook group, what do you remember seeing that kind of was like added fuel to the fire? That people were doing it. Yeah. Because I didn't know what a micro school was. Yes. Um, so I'm thinking this is all new to everybody in the whole country. And it, it's not. Um, and 
so I, I couldn't believe that people have actually done this. I couldn't believe that you had actually done it and successfully. And so to me, that was, that was complete, that was news. Um, so to see that other people have left the public education system and done it successfully and, and also like the rural thing, not been in a really big um, affluent area um, and, and done it um, in a city. You know, I understand how things like that, there's, there are a lot of private schools and smaller um, private schools that, that could do it. But I, I wouldn't even have thought that I could open, you know, just, just a regular private school and, and have, you know, because people around here don't, we have several private schools and they, um, the tuition is, is not very much because we do live in, in a rural, you know, economically depressed area. Um, so people just, there aren't that many people who could pay a huge tuition. And so what ends up happening is that the teachers that work in those schools are not certified or licensed teachers. Um, and, and so a lot of people don't want to send them there because of that. So, so mm -hmm. those are the options that we basically have is those or public school or homeschool. Um, so yeah, I was just really surprised that people were doing this. Yeah. Um, and successfully and already. So it wasn't something that I would have to completely figure out, you know, um, and invent the wheel per se, um, because I could kind of, because that Facebook group and then your, your, um, when we had the one-on-one -on -one chat and, and you have the whole business package. And that was so helpful to me because I really, I was so tired still. I mean, I wanted to do this, but I was, I was stressed. I was tired. You know, there was a reason that I was thinking about doing it. And um, so I really did not want to do something that's <laughs> never been done before. Yeah. Um, so just the fact that I would have some support and, and not have to, to figure it all out on my own was a huge, it was, it was huge to me. Right. I'm sure that there's so many people who can resonate with the feeling of being exhausted, mm -hmm. physically yeah. and mentally exhausted. And then you're thinking how in the world, when you're burnt, you're just totally mm -hmm. burnt. And you're mm -hmm. thinking, I want to get out, but I mm -hmm. don't want to totally get out of teaching. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else oh, to yeah. do. I want to teach. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That was, that's my passion. And that was my, um, you know, that was my big thing was I, I almost was like, I would rather work at Walmart. I just need, yeah. you know, physically I was just not doing well and, and mentally. And so I was like, I just really want a job where I don't, I don't have to think yeah. right now. I don't want this added thing where I'm starting a new business and, and I don't know what I'm doing. And, and um, so I had to think about that too. I was just, could, could I handle more stress? Cause I, cause I had to do all this while I was still working that job. Mm. Um, but teaching is my passion. Like I have, I have opened up businesses before I, I went part-time when my youngest was born just so I could have, you know, more time with him. So I was just doing title one interventionist half the day in the morning. And, um, and for some reason, I'm, I'm not sure what I was thinking, but I decided to open up an escape room business in my town. Um, I just, my husband, I just kind of like, it was just this, just spur of the moment thing. We love to do them and we don't have anything like that to do in our town. So we opened one up and, um, it was kind of like a, it was, it was a project for us to do together. And my whole family kind of pitched in. It was a great thing and it wasn't super stressful. It was fun for us. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, so I, 
kind of know what it's like to open a business. And I, and, but I wasn't doing, I, I didn't have a class of my own. I wasn't stressed out because of school at the time. Right. Um, so, so I did know about that a little bit, just about the, the ins and outs of opening an actual business, you know, with papers to file and who to do it. I kind of know that. Um, but, but I was tired, um, like I said, and stressed out. And I had to do this during, um, while I, while I had a class Mm -hmm. and I had to think, do I want to still be in education or do I want to do something else like that? But even when I was doing that business before, you know, I could have kept going with that business, but I missed having my own class. I missed having my own kids. Mm -hmm. Um, title one just didn't cut it for me. And so it was either keep going with that business full time and not teach, or go back to teaching full-time in a classroom. And that's what I've always wanted to do. So I feel like that's what I'm always going to come back to, but public education to me had just lost its sparkle. (laughs) So, Wow, Erica, thank you so much for sharing that. And you're so right, especially that time of the year in March, you had Mm -hmm. already been thinking about quitting, but you didn't want to quit. I know you have a younger son as well. And so that was weighing heavy on your heart. And then that conversation, just feeling despair in a sense, yeah. feeling despair and then thinking, how do I build? You know, I mean, just think physically, just imagine mm-hmm. a building being totally knocked down and then you have to go and you are winded and you are tired and weary. And now you have to start from scratch and build something. And so- exactly just, I'm so grateful to know that the, that the pieces of the business bundle helped you because I knew that's what I had started with. And those were Mm -hmm. all the documents I needed. I knew how much time and energy and months and how many people I needed to go over it with and share it with and have people go back Mm -hmm. through it and waivers and contracts. It's like, it was just something that I knew that I could provide to people, but I'm so glad that it helped you. And so you, you started out saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And we had that coaching call. You got your business pieces. And I thought, okay, if she turns this around real quickly, she's got an incredible opportunity. And by golly, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you within like two days, you were already punching things (laughs) on that business bundle. So as tired as you were, something happened. I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. you must've drank. Yes. It was very energizing to me. Just I guess just to have a way out and still be able to have to do what I'm passionate about. That was so, that was just the key to everything to me. And I just felt like with West Virginia being, um, being having this, this will be the first year that we've had the educational savings account um, offered. I thought that would have been the one thing that maybe would have, would have, um, maybe just kind of throwing me for a loop, but, um, and then I thought, you know, there, the school that my son went to, um, for, uh, actually he went for pre preschool and preschool. He, when he was three was a Montessori and she is doing it already. And my husband pointed out that to me, he was like, even if you didn't get this, the savings account, there are people who are paying for, um, private schools already here. There are people who are paying for, um, for the Montessori school and they will pay for you. Mm -hmm. Um, they will, they want people, 
people are really dissatisfied in my area um, with the public education system and no, never more than after COVID. Um, I think it just, you know, I think anybody who taught through that will, will agree that that just, it brought a lot of the downfalls of public education to light. And it was very tough on teachers and it was very tough on parents. It was, and it was very tough on kids. And then when kids went back to the school, any, um, any disability, any behavioral, um, problem that these kids had ever had was just, um, just blew up. It was just exacerbated, I guess, from not having been around, um, other kids and having gone to school. And it was just, it was a mess. Mm -hmm. And honestly, public schools, they, they, they didn't handle it well, (laughs) you know, um, there wasn't a good plan and, and people, um, I, I think just people became disillusioned with public schools as much as the teachers who work there did. Um, and so I think this is just the perfect time. People are looking for alternative, um, education as much as teachers are looking for, um, alternative things to ways to teach, um, that are just not in public education, because in my area, it's either public or it's private. And, and, you know, let's be honest, you, you don't make, I mean, it's, they don't make nearly enough money here. Um, so it's just, it was just perfect timing. It was like a perfect storm of everything coming together for me. So when that happened, I was, I just got really energized and, and I started, um, doing what I had to do. Mm -hmm. You did. And now Erica, let's go back to that educational savings account, because there are some Mm -hmm. words that are used interchangeably for it, such as Mm -hmm. school voucher school voucher and school, uh, school choice. Um, and in West Virginia, ours is specifically called the hope scholarship. So in other States, it may be called something else. Um, but it's, that's what it is. It's, it's what people pushed for for such a long time, um, to get a portion of the, the funds that would go for, um, each student to the public school system, get pulled out and they go to a provider, um, such as me, um, or a private school, or even homeschool tutors. Mm-hmm. Um, they can go, the, the students in West Virginia can use them for um, homeschool, um, just materials, curriculum, anything that you need that is related to an alternative source of education they can use these funds for. That's um, excellent. Now there's also many states. And so this is for teachers out there that are going, okay, I really want to be able to do this, but I'm afraid that people aren't going to pay for me. And mm-hmm. from what I just heard, Erica, is that you're saying that your husband's even reassuring you that, listen, if a family doesn't qualify for an educational savings account, which we'll talk about what that entails, how a yes. person gets an educational savings account in West Virginia, teachers should be looking for ESA educational savings account. You might want to look up school choice. You might want to look up school mm-hmm. vouchers, anything that's passed through the legislation that is actually providing funds to parents, to help pay for alternative education, whether it's private tutoring, private school, micro schools, learning pods, yes, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So in West Virginia, what does a parent have to do in order to get an educational savings account? Um, so in West Virginia right now, um, to, to be able, it's called the hope scholarship. So if I call it the hope scholarship, that is what West Virginia calls their educational savings account. So in order to get the hope scholarship, um, 
you have to, your child has to either be uh, of age to go to kindergarten. So have not been in school before, or, you know, um, and they don't have to be in school, but if they're going to be five in time to go to kindergarten that, that year, um, they are eligible. Um, or if they have been in public school for 45 consecutive days, they can apply as well. And there was a window. And like I said, this was the first year um, that it was available. So it, it opened in, I think in March and it closed in May and there was a window, but they, you could still apply after that window. I think that's when they wanted you to apply to get approved immediately. Um, and so you do have to be in school, in a public school for 45 consecutive days. You have to stay in public school long enough to be approved. Mine only took two days for my son to be approved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of other people, it was very, very short. The application process was so easy. Uh, you basically put your number that identifies your, your child um, in and, you know, some, a little bit of information. It wasn't long at all. And I was approved in two days. So you, I remember our conversation through that coaching call, you were saying that parents can get this. And I said, do parents know that they can get it? Because Mm -hmm. I don't think that a lot of people at that time knew. So you had to do some educating people in yeah. your area. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, teachers didn't even know about this. This is something that our, you know, our union had pushed against for such a long time. And it, I think it just kind of flew under the radar because of uh, COVID happening and they did use different wording, different verbiage, um, for the, for the bills. And so we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know what it was. Um, Parents didn't know anything about it. They still don't know much about it. Um, So I had to not only um, kind of start my own business, start my own school and promote that. I also had to promote the Hope Scholarship because people at the time, they told us that that they had to um, apply before the deadline in May. I think it was the 16th. So I had to get these people you know, to, to kind of let them know that there are other options and that they are eligible to apply for these options. All the homeschool parents did know about it because they've been pushing for it forever. However, they were not eligible. Their kids were not eligible unless they went back to public school for 45 days and then they could apply. So they wouldn't, by the time we knew about this and it, and it went through the legislature, they wouldn't have had time to even go back to public school. So they were ineligible, which I'm not, I'm not a fan of that decision and they sure weren't either. But, um, but so now they can, they know they can go back, send their kids to public school. And that includes um, virtual charter schools, which West Virginia has, I think three of, I know of two, but I think they have actually three virtual charter schools that they can go to. So I, I currently have some students who did that so that they will be eligible. Yes. So I had to, to promote on Facebook and, and Instagram and anything I possibly could. Um, word of mouth. I talked to people at daycares and, um, and um, things like that. Anywhere, pediatricians offices, anywhere where children were, were going to be, were going to be, especially entering kindergarten. Um, so that people just knew that they had this option and it's still, people, most of the time when I speak to people about it, they don't know what I'm talking about. So, right. And that's okay. You're going to keep educating them. Mm -hmm. And it actually was perfect timing because when Erica and I 
had the coaching call. She got her business bundle. She got started plugging away at it. And then that was when I launched the educational marketing series, which was the five week program where we, where I was going live, I was teaching you how to market your business. And then we were in that Facebook group. So what Mm -hmm. Eric is saying right now, the word of mouth marketing, how she was advertising on Facebook that came from that time that we were together. I remember you're like, I'm going, I'm doing my Facebook live. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And it was, it was a lot of you showing up and teaching Mm -hmm. people this is an option. And I had to do the same with parents who were choosing, like, what are you doing, Mackenzie? Mm -hmm. You're starting lighthouse learning. What is that? And how do I do it as a parent? If my child's in public school or private school, Mm -hmm. or if they're homeschooled, what does this look like? And a lot of parents are are afraid thinking, man, Mm -hmm. I really want that opportunity for my child, but how do I unenroll my child? And then what are they enrolled as? And so did you have those questions? I did. And I realized really, really quickly that I was going to have to become really comfortable with that process. And it kind of helped that I did that. I did do all the processes with my own son so that he could go to my school. Um, So I had to pull him out as homeschool. I had to uh, fill out the Hope Scholarship application. So I, I, I intimately knew exactly what you have to do. And I called the Board of Education and I talked to the person who's in charge of all that stuff. She was extremely supportive, which I was really surprised and pleasantly surprised. They're very supportive of Absolutely. all the other. Yes, because I think that they know <laughs> that they're overwhelmed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was very supportive and she's the one that um, that people will be talking to. So I had all her contact information. And so that way I could offer to actually walk families through all these processes that are daunting um, when you you have no idea how to go about it or, or you know, and, it, and it's pretty easy through um, most of the Board of Education to have this stuff online Um pretty streamlined so that, um, it's, it's not that difficult, but, but of course sure. I offer to walk everybody through all these processes and let them know, um, exactly how to do it. Cause it is, you know, it's, it's, there's several places you have to go to, to make sure, um, that you've got all this stuff, everything that you need done, done. Exactly. And it is it's a daunting process. Yes. And I remember just going on walks and YouTubing, Mm-hmm. while I'm walking, how do I unenroll my child and make them homeschool? And can I send them to private school or just all of these questions that you have that you really yeah. just need it, mm-hmm. it, if you don't sit down for a second, or in my mm-hmm. case, go on a walk and try to figure it out while you're walking yes. and processing it, it can feel overwhelming and it can get you into paralysis analysis. So Um, it's very important what you said, you walked yourself through it first so that then you could teach Mm -hmm. others how to do it as well, which becomes another Mm -hmm. form of educating people through marketing, meaning that when you just show up and tell someone how to do it, that Mm -hmm. already increases the likelihood that they Mm -hmm. are going to know you trust you and like you in an effort to potentially use your services. And so Erica, let's talk about where you are right now. So you, I just want to go back to this educational savings account because it's Mm -hmm. such an amazing opportunity for teachers and parents, you know, again, look up school choice voucher legislation in your state passing for school choice scholarships, scholarships. Yes, absolutely. Because I wasn't aware that uh, other States like Florida 
Mm-hmm. I did not know that they had that. So I'm sure that there are other states who have something called a scholarship, which is an educational savings account for maybe kids with IEPs or a certain group of kids um, that actually don't just don't call it an educational savings account. Right. Um, so it's doing- really what that is. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that's what I would look for. Yes. Doing that research. And you're right. I know for one, Arizona, it's an incredible yes. state with an educational yes. savings account. And there are multiple states in our country that you can find something to help parents financially pay for the services that you're providing. And with that being said, I just want to reiterate that if a child was in public school, they could get the hope scholarship, but if to use for a different type of education, like just think about that, that Mm -hmm. if your child's in public school, We're going to award you $4,300 for your child being in public school for you to then pull your child out of public school and use it any way that you'd like to for their education. Yes. Yes. But if a child was not in public (sighs) school, if they were homeschooled, we're not going to give them $4,300. But if you send your child to public school for 45 days and apply for the hope scholarship, and they get approved, then you can pull your child out and use those funds in any way. Are parents doing that? Um, the, the, the way that we have kind of figured to work around is that we have the online virtual charter schools, which are public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many homeschoolers, I mean, there's a reason that they weren't in public schools and they're just, there are various reasons. It's not all, you know, one thing, but there are so many homeschoolers and they push for, they are really one of the biggest driving forces that that helped uh, the bill go through mm-hmm. and then they're not eligible. So, so the way we figured out to do it, and I have recommended this and I have several kids who are doing it to become eligible is to do the virtual um, charter schools. And I kind of, right now I am kind of tutoring and learning how those work so that if, you know, when other families come to me and they say, we're not eligible for it, I can say, well, here is how you can become eligible. And I'll tell you exactly how it is, how it works and what your child will be doing. It's only 45 days that they have to do it, 45 school days. And then until they're approved and it generated, everyone I knew it took two to three days to be approved. And then they can pull right back out and you're eligible for that money. That's um, and you don't have to go in the brick and mortar Uh, public schools. And I know that if West Virginia has those uh, virtual charter schools, any other state that has, um, that is able to have charter schools probably has those virtual charter schools. And that counts as public school. Beautiful. And you are definitely being a consultant in a sense, Mm -hmm. like you are definitely homeschool consultation, correct? Right. Yes. Tell me, tell us now about your school, your vision, where you're standing, what you're waiting for, any, any hoops you've had to jump through. We we really want to know where you are right now. Okay. So, um, so with the educational savings account, like I said, it was the first year that we did it. Um, there was a, there was a little hiccup in that. It was a big hiccup actually. Um, they, uh, there was a lawsuit brought by parents, um, against the educational savings account. So they stopped um, any more applications. Um, There was an injunction. And so they stopped any more applications, any more proceedings whatsoever. And so everything just shut down. You couldn't get information off the the website. We had no idea what was happening. Um, And it eventually went through, uh, it was from, I think that was in 
June. And so from June to, to April, I'm sorry, October 4th, um, which is when it went uh, before the state Supreme Court. And uh, they heard all the arguments and people very passionately went up and spoke um, to how much this was going to help their families and how many families needed this in our state. Um, and they, uh, they reinstated it. Uh, however, no one else who hadn't uh, applied was able to apply. And, um, and some people were in the process of applying and some people uh, didn't get it and some people did. So a lot of my students did not get the educational savings account. And so instead of opening my school, which I would have, I'm not doing my school from home, I'm doing it from um, our recreation center in, in the town. So instead of paying rent and having only two students, um, my students are going to the virtual charter schools and some of them that are homeschools and homeschooled and will go to the charter schools to be eligible. I'm kind of doing homeschool instruction, homeschool tutoring, um, basically an educational consultant um, for anything, any, wherever they are. Um, I'm helping them through their through that process because a lot of these parents just really did not want their kids to be in public school anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to help them with that. Um, and so that's where I'm that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and they are eligible to um, apply again in March, starting in March. Okay. So we've got everybody lined up to where everybody I've got um, so many students, two different families that I've got at least four siblings in the family are coming to me. So I have my students lined up. We've got them all um, knowing when they need to enroll in the, in the online charter school. So they'll be um, eligible and we're really excited. And, and I, I talk to those families a lot um, and, and we're just all really excited. So I've got um, um, a, the recreational center is just about three blocks from my home. Nice. Um, they had a room that they used for summer programs for kids and they do nothing with in, um, in the, during the school year. So I approached them and asked if I could use that, if I could rent that out. So that way we have um, use of a gym. We have use of a playground outside. We have a covered picnic area. We have a, a kind of a gated in area where they can ride their bikes. It's right across from the public, uh, the city park. It's right across from the city pool. It could not be a better, a better place. And, uh, and just, it, it kind of worked out better for them too, because they, they get extra income from me um, to where they can, they can fix the facilities. They can keep the facilities up um, easier with the income that I'm going to be giving them. And, um, it just couldn't have worked out any better. So yes. we've got the space, I've got the kids, we're just making sure that they're all eligible. And, um, and so I've got a garage full of <laughs> teaching, uh, materials, uh, curriculum and teaching materials that are all, you know, brand new sitting in my garage. Um, and I wanted to mention that the Vila, um, education grant that I got. Yes. That was another, uh, that was another really big boost that, you know, like if I had not actually thought of not doing it, not once since I heard that it was, it was possible for us to do this. Um, I've been kind of gung ho on it, but I applied for the Vila grant and, um, and I got the $10,000 grant. I know. And that was in, um, in May. 
Um, and so one great thing about that is when you when you're talking to families and you tell people, um, hey, I'm starting this school and I've been a teacher for this long and I've got this background and my own kids coming to it. And um, they have no idea what a micro school is. Um, and so I explain it to them. And then I say, oh, yes. And I was given a ten thousand dollar grant for teaching materials from this this place who is, you know, this this organization who really wants um, alternative education available to make that available to all families. And then they think, oh, well, she's not just doing it by herself. You know, somebody thought enough of her plan to give her money, uh, $10,000 for educational materials. And, and for some reason, that is a really big, um, they just have way more confidence in you, I think, when they, they know sure that do. somebody thought enough of your plan mm -hmm. to give you money to do it. Um, yeah. So that was a really big boost to me. And it really helps um, families had more confidence in me, I think, um, yeah. in my in my little school that I'm opening um, yes. to, to pull their kids out. So that was I really remember, big. I remember when we were in our educational marketing, the five week course that we were doing together and mm -hmm. you were experiencing some hills and valleys. It was like, woohoo, I got all these families lined up. And then you're like, oh gosh, now they've taken, they've, they've taken the scholarship away. And then you're like, woohoo, I think we're back on the rise and this is going to go great. And then, and then you say, and I found the, the recreational place that we're going to have our location at. And we're all celebrating for you. Yoo-hoo, woo. And then you're like, oh gosh, now wait, they put the scholarship on hold again. So the fact yeah. that you've ridden the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And you said you never once thought about stopping. And there was even mm -hmm. one time you're like, I have, I have all this money sitting in my bank account from Bella and yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. And yeah. even though they shut the doors down for the educational savings account, which made it harder for families, you mm -hmm. have still been providing instruction, doing mm -hmm. tutoring and getting a wait list. Yes. educating parents on, okay, now you need to go and, and enroll your child for 45 days, then unenroll mm -hmm. them, apply for the hope scholar or not unenroll. You want to apply for the hope scholarship first, and then mm -hmm. you get it. And then you can unenroll and you can send them to right. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Good job. And parents are just, they're just so on board. It, it really surprised me. And I was like, well, we have a workaround. You can put mm -hmm. them in this school for, and I kind of thought they'd be like, eh, you know, maybe, and they're not, they're all about it. Yes. Uh, this is what this we want to do. Cool. We want them to come to you. Um, some of them I did know before from teaching. I've just been teaching for a long time in the area. Some of them, they don't know me from Adam. They just, um, they can find out about me. You know, this is a small area. They can ask, they know where I've worked, um, but they don't know me. They just, um, I'm hoping from, um, I, and I did, I did have um, some parents that I've had their kids for several years because I've taught from kindergarten to fifth grade mm -hmm. in this one school um, to go on to my, um, my, uh, I guess it's the, the, um, I put my business on, I guess it's Google. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. Googled your, you Googled on your, your website. On my website and actually put reviews as if I were just yes. any other business because this will be my first year. And I know that people don't know me from Adam. Exactly. And so these parents, and I know that, you know, a lot of people know these people. So they actually did go onto my website and put reviews as if I was just a, a, another business. And mm -hmm. so that way people, um, you know, cause I know you've got to pull your kid out of school 
if they have an IEP, they actually lose their IEP. You know, uh, that's what that's what the public schools tell them. If you pull your kid out to homeschool, they lose all their services. We no longer have an IEP. Um, and I know that's scary. That's got to be scary to these families. And, and they're um, still doing it. And so why do you think it. why? So when parents say, I'm a little nervous about my child yeah. losing their IEP, if I homeschool, what do you, what's your advice to them? What do you say? I say, um, my, uh, I, I can give a rundown of how many kids with IEPs that I actually spent all day with in my class and the, the, the um, disabilities and the different abilities and um, the gifted kids and the, you know, kids who were twice exceptional, who had a, a disability in one area and were gifted in another area that I've had for years. So the general ed teachers, it's not as if we don't have a background in special education. We do. We have these children. We help write the IEPs. We know the IEPs back and forth. And parents don't realize how much I think general education teachers um, know about the special education process and and um, how to actually teach these kids. We do those same things that the special education teachers do when they pull these kids out. We do the same things in school. And I've had so many, you know, of these kids and in inclusion in my classroom that um, I feel extremely comfortable um, giving these kids services. And I, I do get their IEP. I get to see their IEP. I know what um, their diagnoses are. I know what their services are. Um, and um, so I do have a background with, with working with all these kids and kids who don't have IEPs. But, you know, as a teacher, we know that we have to do accommodations for all kids, not of just course. kids with IEPs. Right. And so if your kid did not have an IEP, um, I still make allowances and accommodations for kids who may, may have ADHD or something else that wasn't, they don't have an IEP. Maybe they had a 504 or they have nothing, you know, as a good teacher, I make accommodations for all those kids. And, um, you know, I I know it's nerve wracking to maybe pull your kid from a situation. Um, and so that's why I wanted my former parents that know a lot of these people to give references. And they even said they would speak to these people um, if, if they wanted to speak to them as references, because I know you're going to put your kid in my care for, you know, all day, every day. And that's, that's right. um, that can be a little bit scary. And um, so I think I'm hoping that I'm passionate enough and, and confident enough in my own skills to give them a little bit of peace of mind, pulling their kids out and, and letting me have them. And also I, I know, and I tell them if, if this is not a good fit, mm-hmm. um, your child can go back to public school. Um, your, and, and I will aid in that process as well, because I don't want every kid to come to me and just, I don't want to force it. I want this to be a good fit. I want your child to get the right education and find the good fit for, for them and your family. And I will help them do that. And if it's not me, it's not me. Exactly. That's so good because nobody wants a misfit. You, not the family, not the children. That's not what we're in it for. We really are in this situation to be a light and to help in the moments of of utter darkness and some right. darkness that some people aren't even aware of that they're walking around in the dark. And it kind of seems foggy and it seems like something's a little off here, 
but Mm -hmm. we are being able, we are given the opportunity to give something that is so unique and special Mm -hmm. for the child. Just like you said, it, they may not have a special need or a 504, but they might just have Mm -hmm. a bad day. And we know how to help accommodate and help children feel successful. So I think it's wonderful that although there's this fear-based tactic of if you want to enroll, you're going to lose this service. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? If they ever, if they ever Mm -hmm. decide to go back, they can start the process again. Absolutely. And they, and they already know um, the diagnoses and they know what worked before and what didn't work. So it's not as if you can ever go back to the public school system, but, you know, and I think, you know, I hope you kind of have to sell yourself. You absolutely have to sell yourself. Um, But I have the, I have the background. I have the references. I have had success. And, and I, and I think that I, I, I do sell myself and the skills that I have with all children of, of all elementary ages. And, um, and also I, I just really think if, if it's not the educational fit, hopefully me opening up, um, what will be the first micro school in the area, um, other teachers, um, are going to see that this is something that they can do. And, it's just going to help other teachers get the confidence to do it. And if I'm not the right fit, hopefully you have lots of other choices. It doesn't mean you have to immediately go back to public school, mm-hmm. but um, you have lots of hope. Hopefully this, this starts a trend and, and there are lots of different educational choices for families around here uh, soon. Of course, of course. And, you know, whenever you said you have to, in a sense, sell yourself. And I know that some Mm -hmm. teachers are like, oh my gosh, but I'm not a salesman. And, and it's, it's really about presenting yourself, like you said, Mm -hmm. and showcasing your skills and your talents. And it doesn't have to be in a Mm -hmm. weird, sketchy way. I remember, of course, during the educational marketing series, we went through how to Mm -hmm. write emails, what to say to people in text messages, what to say to people in instant messages, Mm -hmm. what to say whenever you're talking to people on the phone, we call it pitches and things that are, people are like, I I don't know what to say. And I work with people Mm -hmm. all the time. Your teachers are like, it just comes so naturally to you. And I'm like, here, here's the pitch. Here's what you say. And it's just a comforting tool to have whenever you are speaking to parents so that you don't feel like you're talking nonstop or have Mm -hmm. a lack of words. And so it's really just being able to showcase yourself in a way that Mm -hmm. shows your best attributes and connects with families. We also Mm -hmm. talked um, a lot about help versus hype, helping Mm -hmm. people. And and that's exactly what I see you doing, Erica. You know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. one thing to say, I'm opening up a micro school. Yay. And then Mm -hmm. people go, well, what's in it for me? But when Mm -hmm. you go with an attitude, of this is how I'm opening a micro school. This is who it helps. And this is how I help you're coming at Mm -hmm. it at a very different angle. And so we talked a lot about that during the educational marketing series. And I would like to know what have you found to be just your guiding light when you felt doubt or feeling like, man, I've had to jump through so many hoops. I don't know if this is going to work out. What what's kept you hopeful? Um, I'm going to be honest, uh, the Facebook group and the educational marketing group, um, that we're in and, you know, we, we all still, um, see each other's posts. So we see the, the 
the happy things, the good things, the the mm-hmm. success that other people have had, and that it it you know they also have things that are rough, um, and and ask for help dealing with things, and we all kind of join together and and give advice and so i see that other people are doing it and they still have bad days and they still have um things that they didn't think they were going to run into and they're still going mm-hmm. and um they mostly have a lot of success and, and we see pictures and we see mm-hmm. you know long inspirational posts and um and these people were going through the same thing that i was this is their first go at this and they mm-hmm. did it. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's working and it doesn't have to be perfect. Exactly. And so I tell myself all, all the time that it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, I just have to do it. And just like anything else, it's gonna, I'm going to be able to smooth those rough patches out. And really with the, with the, the marketing series and the ladies that I met through that. And you, of course, um, oh, just being, thank you, Erica, you've been so positive. Beautiful. No, it's, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm not even saying this to just to be, it's, it's just, I probably wouldn't have done it had I not met with you. And instead of, uh, instead of hearing all the, the things that would make somebody, you know, think twice about how opening your business is so hard and this is so difficult and it's not going to be what you think you are your, you know, your sweet voice and just, you were so supportive. And the first thing you said was you need to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> to just, this is what you want to do. You can do it. You need to do it. It's going to be great. Yes. And, you know, I think about that and just, um, just you've done it, you've done it and you did it before. Um, you know, you, you guys don't have the same savings account. You did it without that. And you get lots of tuition and you've had, you do it from your home. You, you got people to send you their kids in your home. I know, 18 <laughs> of them. It's, a, it's just amazing. Like that, like I'm, I, it, it's hard to, to even ask people to give, give you their kids and, and at any place at a different place at a, a, a place that looks just like a classroom even because you're not teaching at a public school and that's what they're used to. So how you got people to send you their kids in your home. Um, it's just, you did it. You did uh, it first and you did I it without the savings that. account. So that that's a lot of an inspiration to me when I feel like, Oh, how am I, you know, it, it's just, it, I, I'm kind of in awe that I started doing it sometimes because when I think about getting people to get, trust me with their yeah. kids when they're not at, um, you know, in a public school, it's just, it's, it's new to them. It's new to me. And I always think you did it. And these other ladies that were doing it along with me, they did it. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. Not perfect all the time, but they're doing it. So. That's right. And I, I, pre- well, first off, thank you so much. I, I want you Welcome. to know that that is so humbling and, and just kind of you to encourage me like that and encourage so many other people. So thank you for your, for your generous. Words. Thank you. And I would definitely agree with you, the trust factor. And mm-hmm. so we did talk a lot about that during the educational marketing series, the no, they got to know you. How are they going to know you? Well, there's certain strategies that we use for people to know you. Mm-hmm. It's not just posting on Facebook. It's not just going to a farmer's marker, marker market and setting uh-huh. up a table. You right. Know, and then they got to like you. Well, this isn't high school and middle school where we try to smoosh people over to like us. No, there are certain mm-hmm. things that we can do to help right. parents 
like the services that we're going to provide. And then the trust. Hello, you can know someone like someone, but if you don't trust them. And so there are very specific things that we talked about to help Mm -hmm. know, like trust, know, like trust. How are we going to get these parents to know us, like us and trust us? So there Mm -hmm. is some strategy and it might feel like this big cloud of like, I don't know what to do, but we went through that. And you guys hammered it out. I'm so proud of all of the ladies who went through Mm -hmm. the course and they put their feet to the ground. They made it happen. And Mm -hmm. I wanted, would you quickly share with us your son? You were homeschooling Mm -hmm. him because you were waiting for your school to open, which when are you planning on that opening, Erica? In August. Okay. So you're using this year, even though it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out or plan for it to work out. You are building rapport with parents right now, creating a wait list. You're still making income. How do you feel as a teacher having left public school and doing what you're doing now? There has never been a second where I regretted it at all. Um, Never, not one. Um, First of all, because, you know, the anxiety and the stress just kind of, it it took a long time. I'm not going to lie. The anxiety and the stress just kind of melted off little by little. Um, The kind of stress that I have about my school is not the same type. It's excitement. Really, I'm so, so excited. And I go down there and I go through, I get all my teaching materials out to use them at different, you know, for various things with my little boy and, um, and my, uh, the people that I tutor. And, and so I go down there and I just get so excited going through all my teacher materials and all my new stuff I've got sitting in there. I just, I'm, I'm excited. So that's the kind of stress. It's a different stress. Um, And I'm still kind of deprogramming myself from the things that I, um, you know, the way public public education is, it's a system. And I'm so used to that structure and so much, um, so much being confined to specific things, specific structures. And so I keep making plans and plans for the summer and activities that I'm going to do. And I, I find myself tending to um, try to stick to those same confines I know. and I have to tell myself, you don't have to do this. It's not, I know. it's not, that's why you got out. You have so much more freedom. And so it, it makes me all, all the more excited. So mm-hmm. I actually, um, I, I did not ever mean for my son to be um, homeschooled by himself. He's really a social kid. So, um, so I did decide um, to put him back in the, in the school that he went to for preschool, which is a Montessori. And she actually opened up as a private school and she's taking um, Hope Scholarship, um, people who got the, the Hope Scholarship. And she is doing hers a lot different than, um, than I'm doing mine. She opened up as a private school, not a micro school or a, or a homeschool instruction um, provider. Um, and so hers is different, but it's, completely different than, than, um, public school. And so, um, he's going to start going there and I go, um, and, and help them one day a week and kind of, hopefully that will get me out of the public school frame of mind that I'm, that I find myself in. And I kind of see uh, how, um, her business is going to be different and the same. And I get to see things like, um, parents and how she does, you know, just with lunches and with field trips and things like that. So I get to see how people who are doing something other than public school, how they navigate those 
issues that come up and some of them I haven't even thought about. Oh, um, you know, she has a, she has a, a dog that, that is their class dog Aww. and she's got four cats yeah. and a tortoise that are their wow. class pets. So she's not confined to just a hamster or exactly. a turtle. And, you know, oh, I hadn't even thought about that, you know, so it's just so different. And, um, she's that she has, she's actually in an old, um, Jewish synagogue. So she's got these beautiful, um, windows that go all the way up, colorful windows that go up to the top and just, it's an amazing building. And, and so I kind of, I get to teach, I get to, to do, be around kids and do what I love. So, um, and I still get to be with my son, but I'm not, I'm not homeschooling him by himself. It was rough. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I do. I do hear that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're on your children. As a teacher, I find that just being honest when Mm -hmm. teachers, and I'm not saying this happens for everybody, but I have found that the majority of teachers who have left public education to homeschool their children, they're like, Mm -hmm. this is rough, especially meaning that they were doing it on their own because Mm -hmm. they're not one accustomed to teaching their own child because they've been serving so many children for so long. And two, they're not used to, um, not commanding a room. So you've got one child now it's your child. And then you're constantly that same teacher mentality of, am I doing enough? Am I reaching him? Mm -hmm. Am I providing enough? Have I given him too much time on technology, enough time outside socialization? And I think one being a mom two being a teacher, then you go to homeschool your child alone for me. That was, that was why I really started this thinking I want to homeschool, but I do not want to do this alone because I know that we need a community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so he gets, he gets that and I get to work with kids still, and I get to learn some things that I'll be able to use in my own school. And, and so it, it, it worked out really, really well, actually. Yeah. Instead of just you and him, which is still a gift. But he at least yes. gets to expend his energy, be with other kids. You get to do Absolutely. that in his same sense, but you're still together, which is beautiful. Right. Yes, it's wonderful. Well, Erica, I have loved speaking with you. I know that this is so many golden nuggets. I would appreciate if you could just give your final thoughts for someone who is going, should I do this? Is this possible? What would you say to that teacher or parent? Uh, I would just say, take the first step, you know, for me, the first step was just, um, I think I was either Googling it or, or putting something into Facebook. And I found the, your Facebook group, which mm-hmm. I can't even remember what it, what it actually is called now. Just, well, we've changed it. It was start your micro school yeah. homeschooling business. And now yes. it's teacher layer light shine micro school community. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was that, that I found. And for me, that was the first step. I've just, you're not obligated to do anything, but I really thought here are people who are doing it, who want to do it, who are in various stages and, um, it can't hurt. So that was my first, um, my first step and I did it and I just went from there. I got really, really excited because, um, once you see that people are doing it, it's not, it's not something you have to reinvent. And especially with your, you know, I have done a business business before. I know how to do waivers. I know how to do, um, you know, I made my own website. I know how to do that. But with that stuff, having the waiver, having 
the schedule, uh, just just the format, things like that formatted so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Other people have done this. Um, you can get advice. You can get, uh, you can commiserate. You can um, ask people what they did. And in this instance, it's just once I saw that, that's the first step I took. And it was kind of no looking back from there. So I would just say, um, obviously, those people are listening to this, this podcast, and maybe they did take the first step, but keep going. I just, I cannot say enough about how I do not regret one minute quitting and and trying this on my own. Not for one second. That is, and I can tell, I can tell in your voice, I can tell in your face, your smile. When I, to be honest with you, when I look at you now, compared to when I saw you in March, I just (laughs) remember like even, even during the time of us going through our educational marketing course together, I just remember Mm -hmm. you sitting in a chair outside Mm -hmm. and you kind of had your head like on your hands because you're teaching all day long and you're trying to get out of it, but you were there, like you Mm -hmm. were there. And now looking back at it, I, I told you when I first talked on zoom, I'm like, you look beautiful. You're just radiating. And thank you. So I, I see that in you physically, and I'm just so happy for you. And I want people to be able to connect with you, Erica. So where can they find you at and connect with you? Um, you can find me on, well, my uh, email is 3hacademy1 at gmail. Um, my school is called Head, Heart, and Hands Learning Academy. And I realize that that's a mouthful. So I also do business as just 3H Academy. Um, Head, and so, hands, and heart head, hands, and heart. Yes. Oh, beautiful. And, and so, yeah, but it's three H Academy is what I, what I generally call it. Cause I realize that's a mouthful. So it's three no, H Academy nice. at gmail.com and my website, which I'm working on now, but it's three H dash learning dash academy.com. And so all the information is pretty much there. Um, and I'm going to have the Hope Scholarship application linked to that when it's ready. I already have the information linked um, and the information for my school, the things you would go through and sign the schedule, all that stuff, which is subject to change because it's, you know, it's pretty far in the future. But and I'm learning as I go um, from other people who have done it. So um, I've got all that stuff up. Um, and I'm on Facebook as Erica Wimmer as well. And we have a Facebook page. You just put in three H Academy. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm excited because in our Facebook group, I know that people will be shouting out to you. And so thank mm-hmm. you so much. Keep going. We're going to have you back on the show next year to follow up, see how it's going. And of course we just are rooting for you, believing in you. And we're just so grateful to have you a part of our community, Erica. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. (laughs) Hey, Hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.